Welcome back, everybody, to the Exit Interview Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TJ Shark, and this is episode number 10. Double digits, baby. We love it. We're excited here. Actually, I'm just excited here because I'm the only one doing it, but we love it. I love it anyway. So uh, what, what we're getting into, why I'm so excited, uh, number one, because we got a great guest today. Number two, because when you're listening to this right now, it is the week of 4th of July, uh, a very great holiday for me, something that I really enjoy because I'm right now uh, out with family in the wilderness somewhere, uh, enjoying the company of them, playing games, uh, having great discussions, and just enjoying the great weather, hopefully, fingers crossed, right? Uh, So hopefully everybody else is doing some fun things, lighting off fireworks, doing parades, whatever you do, singing um, the Star Spangled Banner and uh, Grand Old Flag, you're a high-flying flag, and forever you may wave. Is that that how it goes? I don't even know. So I'm trying to get you all in a patriotic mood (laughs) and get excited about our guest today, uh, Mr. Wayne Daniels Jr. from Long Island, New York, owner of Six Plus great guy, doing a lot of different things, social media expert, LinkedIn trainer, motivational speaker, music production, video production, graphic designer, the guy does it all. Uh, Very interested to hear his story because he is somebody that has reached some great heights with owning a lot of different businesses and companies and then also hit rock bottom multiple times by losing everything. So he is an expert in learning from failure and embracing adversity. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here we go. Enjoy. All right. So welcome back to the Exit Interview Podcast. As I said before, I'm really excited about today because we have a really interesting guest, a guest that I actually met through LinkedIn just networking, connecting, uh, really interesting individual. Uh, his name is Wayne Daniels Jr. He's from Long Island, New York, uh, and his company name is Six Plus Media, which is brand for a lot of different things that he does. Uh, he does social media. Uh, he does music production. He does LinkedIn training, motivational speaking. Uh, so he's got his hand in a lot of different projects, and He's all about mindset, all about learning from adversity. So that's a big reason why we love to have, have Wayne today joining us here on the podcast. So without further ado, how's it going, Wayne? How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you so much. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Wayne, um, you know, uh, like I said, uh, just you know, with a lot of things that you're doing, explain to us uh, really – I guess kind of what are the th- core, core things that you're doing now and what you're focusing on? And then let's get like in a second, then we'll take it back and just tell us really how you got your start, how you became an entrepreneur. Um, what was that journey like? Absolutely. Well, um, honestly, at the present moment, you know, uh, my focus is very much on being, I say, the best marketer, mentor, coach and service provider for my clients um, because like I really want them to have the ability to turn themselves around or shift themselves into becoming that unforgettable person that impacts and changes lives. So whether that's through their business, uh, whether that's through their message, uh, whatever that is, my goal is to help them position themselves and package themselves 
not only so that way they can kind of create an environment where they can thrive and flourish, but they become a master of influencing people in their specialty. And then they can design the life that they've always wanted to live. And so I use, I do that. And I usually uh, say I do that through social media, uh, but it's just, it's so much more to life than just, you know, making money, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, of course, money is good. It's necessary and it's needed. But when you realize uh, the, the power that each of us has as individuals, uh, human beings, and, and the creativity that we can tap into that's like innately and inherently in us, uh, you know, money almost becomes second, not almost, it becomes secondary. It becomes uh, almost non-essential. When you tap into that level of creativity that people need you, the money comes. When you can tap into that level of creativity that people seek you out, the money will come. And when we as humans learn how to harness that power, creativity becomes the currency that we use and money just becomes a secondary consequence of that creativity. And so I I learned a lot of these things through uh, just through the adversity that I've had to come through. I mean, uh, of course, any mistakes that I've made, I own them. You know, the things that I've, the decisions and choices I've made, I own them and they are what makes me who I am today. That's how I got to this place. And so, uh, of course, overcoming adversity, um, you know, being steadfast through hardships, through circumstances and situations, uh, learning how to be resilient when you hit rock bottom, learning how to not give up, how, to, how not to stop and, and feel sorry for yourself and throw pity parties, but really, um, you know, just embracing all of the wonderful value that is that we are created with inside and then using that um, as as a springboard, as a as a launching pad into our next phase of life and into our next phase of impact and influence and inspiration and all that. Mm-hmm. That I'm, that's I love that. I love exactly what you said, and you hit on two key points. Uh, one is uh, something that I actually shared just even last week uh, about the the new aged employee, I guess, our new generation, it, you know, it used to be just about salary. That's what motivated employees, your money, how much you take home. And I just think that we're evolving as humans right now to where we are valuing more, valuing more than just the, the dollar signs, right? It's about all those other things. It's about purpose. It's about being appreciated. It's about doing something maybe bigger than yourself, not just what is my salary at the end of the day. It's you know, am I appreciated as an employee? Am I looked at as an asset? Um, am I really driving real change within my company or as an entrepreneur doing my own thing to my customers or, or even my employees too? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a fan of Gary Vee. And one of the things he talks about um, a lot is attention and the value of it. Mm-hmm. And most don't realize that in their jobs, like, you know, the average person goes to work to just kind of check the boxes. They want to get paid at the end of the week or on the 1st and the 15th, once a month, whatever it is. They're checking their box to, uh, to try to get that paycheck. But if they actually looked at the job as something that as much deeper than a paycheck, but actually an opportunity to provide the world that you live in with tremendous value, and I know that word value is used way like it's just way incorrect, <laughs> especially on social media. Everybody's mm-hmm. saying give value, give value, give value. No, 
value means that if if I tell you something and you can take that basically to the bank and create something with it, like cash a check off of what I've given to you, that's value. Period. Yeah. Value is something that actually has an exchange value to it. So if I can't exchange anything for what I've received from you, then you haven't given me value. And that's the reality of a job is most people, their only value is them being a body in a seat. They are, they're, they're checking a box and they're going to get paid. But if you actually approached your, your job, your nine to five, as if you're going to be the absolute best person there, you're going to get the most attention there because of your, your attitude, because of your desire to go above and beyond, then you'll have no issues. Uh, there were jobs that I had um, that I told myself, like I'm one of my first jobs at a, at an actual restaurant. Like I've, I've owned two restaurants myself. Um, but what sparked my desire to own my own restaurant was I got a job at Buffalo Wild Wings and okay. it was a brand new store and they opened up. It was around November, December or so. And so I told myself, I said, I'm going to go into the store. I'm going to get a management position. Well, when the store opened up, that didn't happen, but I didn't let that stop me. Uh, we, we had, uh, a couple of managers and I knew for myself, these people were just looking for the paycheck. They weren't really invested in the growth of that store. They just wanted to be managers because the paycheck was better than everybody else. Mm -hmm. So I decided I'm going to be the absolute best cook and I'm going to take a management position. And I made that up in my mind and I worked towards that. Well, within the first couple of weeks, I was a trainer. I was sent to another store to get special training, to learn how to be like a team lead. And by the time January came around, I was the kitchen manager. That's phenomenal. That's great. I, I love that how you put that because it's it, you. It's goal setting, right? You you put you put a goal out there and you said I'm going to accomplish this. You put you kind of spoke it in into reality, and it Absolutely. became reality. Yeah, I put my mind to it, and not only my mind, but that's one of the, you know that's one of the downsides. We say you know you think about things and they just come. No, you have to take a corresponding action. Mm -hmm. I said I was going to be the kitchen manor, manager. So what I did was I outperformed the present or the current kitchen manager. I didn't just say I was going to be the kitchen manager and it just magically happened. I decided that I was going to do whatever it took to make sure that I had that kitchen running better than the present kitchen manager. And they end up moving him to another position. And I got the kitchen manager position because I had that kitchen running like a well-oiled machine. The people respected me. We got our food out quickly. Like I, I learned that there were things that I could do to make this run efficiently. And that kitchen was absolutely a blast. That's, that's phenomenal. I, I love that story. Uh, and I'd ask you too, just to share with the people out there, because I'm sure that people have ran into a situation to maybe where they did follow some of those steps and they did overperform what advice would you give to somebody who say, for example, you were doing that in the kitchen, but it went unrecognized or it, your existing manager took credit for it to the higher ups. And this can be applied to any situation. It doesn't just have to be a restaurant. Right. Um, it could be in any organization. Have you ever experienced that? Or if you haven't, or if you have, what kind of advice would you give somebody maybe stuck in, into, in that role where they're working their ass off? 
and they're doing all the great things, but they're just not getting the uh, recognition or appreciation for it. And they kind of hit, maybe we can say that glass ceiling. Absolutely. All of us. I mean, I think all of us have at one point in time, in some situation experience where we've done things, we put in the work, the time, the effort, the energy, uh, we put in the imagination and then someone else got credit for it. I mean, there's too many, t- <laughs> there are too many, uh, you know, uh, times that that has happened to me. But mm-hmm. what the advice that I would give a person is, and that's why I spoke about advice briefly, is that, um, I mean, not advice, excuse me, uh, uh, attention. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I learned was that if I was going to do something, I had to make sure I had the attention of certain people. And you get the attention of certain people by making yourself visible. You have to make yourself known. And so um, the, the way to stop that, and again, here's like, it's a challenge because you don't want to go over people's head. You're not trying to, you know, um, be make malicious people, or, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to make other people look bad. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying step on people and do dirty and grimy things. But the reality is, is there are things that you can do to make yourself more visible to the people who matter to your current situation and circumstance. Even if it's sending an email, like, you know, I'm very much a, uh, I don't, I say an out of the box thinker, but the reality is I tell people to create your own box. Forget about the only reason why we have to think outside of the box is because we've allowed ourselves to be put into someone else's. So now we're trying to think outside of their sphere of influence, their their realm, you know, so, instead of thinking outside of the box, create your own box exactly where you are. And then like, you know, that's my saying on LinkedIn, create your space, master your influence, design your life. When you have those three things, they will come, uh, you know, in sequence. The first thing is create your space. So if you're in a position where you're being overlooked and, you know, the manager's getting credit and things like that, you have to create a space where people can see you. That's what the mastering your influence is about. So if you have to send emails, to the managers, just asking them questions. I'm telling you, one of the biggest assets that we have is curiosity. Asking people questions. Nobody can tell you that, like, you, you should not, if you get in trouble for asking questions to higher-ups, then you don't, you shouldn't stay at that job. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's a place you need to get out of because the environment is not conducive for growth it's not an it's not conducive uh for maturity and things like that so if there are people that are above you you can ask them questions and say well you know um could this happen is this possible what how even asking how are you today i i don't know you i know i work for you but you know is there anything i can do for you is there is there i have a question for you can you answer it and let them respond you know it's only when they feel like you're trying to go over someone's head for something, then that might have a little backlash. But if you just get to know people, make yourself visible to the people who you need to, to recognize who you are, then you can get things done. But it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes getting over uh, some of those fears and frustrations or the, the anxieties of getting in trouble and, you know, um, you know, uh, maybe being docked or, you know, having backlash. If you're afraid to do that, you don't need to work there. Like, that's- uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're 100 percent right. I mean, I love that because it's like one of the things that I did in any new role that I, I took. It was I'd go around to the the people in the different departments that I knew I'd be working with and I would ask them 
you know, what can I do to make your life easier? There you go. Right. It's Simple. like, it, right. It, in my role, it was like, so it's, it's, it's just, it's almost like sales 101 and it's just dealing with people. And that's why I, I'm a salesman at heart. I've always had sales roles, um, whether by my choice or not, you know, I, I, I was in marketing first and then I kind of got pigeonholed into sales with my uh, career. Um, because I think that's where a lot of my strengths lie. But when I hear people say, oh, I'm not good at sales or I don't like sales. And it's like everybody, no matter who you are, whether you're in HR, you're the accountant, you're this or that you you're in sales, you sell because we're always constantly selling ourselves. We're selling our ideas. And, you know, if you're not comfortable with having conversations with people and you do kind of run into those fears of backlash and things like that, number one, realize whether their actuality or if they're just maybe internally and you're afraid, right? Absolutely. And, and when you talk about that power to reach out to those higher ups, make sure it's geared towards how can I help you? That, then they could never, they could never reprimand you or say, well, you shouldn't be talking to me or this or that, you know, it's like, it, it's just such an easy ask and favor and, and return. And then guess what? You're on their radar. And when you start doing good things, hopefully they'll notice. Absolutely. And like I said, if not, if you can't go to those people with, uh, you know, hey, how can what can I do to make your job easier? What can I do to, uh, you know, uh, bring some fresh air into the to workplace? So, you know, what am I allowed to do? Things like that. Ask those questions. And if you can't ask those questions, then you need to consider leaving that place of employment. Because if the environment is one that is stifling, is one that is uh, – overly critical and, you know, micromanaging and that type of thing, then you might not want to be there. If that's not what you're looking for, if you're not okay with that, don't stay there. And, uh, you know, for myself, one of the things that I, I chose, um, and it's a decision that everyone has to make, and I decided in life I was not going to live with regrets. I made the decision and the choice to say I'm going to live without regrets. That means I'm going to take risks on myself that the average person would not take. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was able to accomplish the things that I was able to accomplish. I've owned two restaurants. I've owned a motel, a gas station, and a daycare. And for a large portion of time, I've owned all of those things together at the same time. So I was running multiple businesses at one time. Um, you know, and the issue, even with that, going into some of my, a little bit of my story, uh, it was taking a risk on other people that weren't willing to take a risk on themselves is what brought me to lose those businesses because mm. I did, I, you know, I just, for the life of me, couldn't figure out why some people did not think like I did. And so I would give them responsibilities and have them do things. And they, um, and like you said earlier, trust, integrity, character, all those things, uh, who, which appeared to be there mm -hmm. went out the window. They just, just would you say w w now that's interesting. I, obviously I think how we connected was on a Gary V post. I talk about Gary V a lot. I follow him right. a lot too. I think he's one of the, the best out there doing it. Uh, and he hits on the, I, I love when he says this, he goes, you can't expect your employees to care as much about your business as you care about your business. That's asinine to expect that that's Wonderful. not going to happen. Never. Do you think that you ran into something along those lines with those businesses when Very you said much. other people failed you? 100%. Okay. 100%. And I own that, you know, um, I, I, I became too hands off trying to focus on 
you know, growing the businesses, I became too hands off and put too much responsibility in the hands of people that honestly hadn't really earned that level of trust with me. Um, that, or maybe that level of freedom or that, that, yeah, yeah. They hadn't earned it. I was trying to bring people up in that sense. I was trying to put them on, you know, like, look, come with me. I will give you a, you know, I'll give you a business. You can run this, you can run that. And, and rather than having them say, look, come work with me, spend a year, show me what you've got. And then we can talk about these things. That's not mm -hmm. how I just, you know, let me pull you up. Let me help you out. And me being a generous person, um, you know, overly generous at times. That was my mentality is, you know, I'm, I'm going to put people on. I'm going to help them out. I, I want to be the guy that creates jobs. I want to be the guy that that creates economies. And, you know, that's that was my thinking. And so um, rather than waiting and allowing these things to kind of develop naturally and the people to emerge into those roles, I tried to put people into those roles prematurely. And Do you think so, that's would you say that's um, because you were trying to were, were you trying to scale too fast? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And, and it wasn't really the dollar signs. It was more the impact that I had on a community and, and uh -huh. either or. Uh, we have to be careful about how big we allow our aspirations to be. I mean, of course, our dreams are supposed to be bigger than us. That's a reality. But that, but we have to remember our own present limitations. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, doing these businesses and the things that happened in them um, drove me to anxiety, literally having anxiety attacks where I felt like I was having a heart attack. You know, I had uh, pains in my chest and my arm shortness of breath, all this kind of stuff. I was rushed to the hospital uh, multiple times during um, a one-year period. Mm -hmm. I was blood pressure through the roof. I was at stroke level blood pressure uh, one of those times in the ER. Uh, they were like, oh, wow. we don't know if you're not having a stroke. <laughs> like, yeah, my blood pressure was like 230 over one th or 240 over 130 or something like wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's not good. No. no, no. It was way up there. And mm -hmm. it's all from stress because I was now having to clean up after other people. I was now having to deal with things that if I had have been present, I could have avoided uh, happening. You know, I could have kept from happening from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. but, so all of these things were definitely learning experiences. I mean, even like we talked briefly about a job I had um, and I, it was a job that I wanted out of 25, 30 applicants uh, that were well-qualified communications degrees, all of these other wonderful degrees. I had no degree. And I applied for this job. And because I know how to position myself, I knew how to, like, you know, this is after the Buffalo Wild Wings um, mm -hmm. scenario. I was able to use those same things to get this job. Out of 30 applicants, I got the job. Well, I was on the job for about two and a half years. And right towards the end of my stay there, it was at a university. I was doing video production. And um, the director of the department came over to me and said, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you two months. You need to find somewhere that you like to go, find a job, find some place to work uh, because you have too much potential to stay here. And I was, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that, that is a, that is a, what, what did you just say? Or did I hear you correctly? <laughs> right. <laughs> like who says that, you know, who says that to somebody? Yeah, uh, but they told me I had too much potential, and they honestly, like, I had basically a two months of a free ride. They didn't, you know, it took me off the schedule. They kind of let me 
um, cover for other people's things. They still paid me my hourly, you know, my salary or whatever. And um, but and I thought I was like, this is not real. But when it came down to it, sure enough, um, the president of the department came at me. He was like, you're a phenomenal guy. You're fantastic. Um, it's really not a personal thing. Like, it's not like, you know, we don't like you or you're doing your job bad or anything mm-hmm. like that. And so we just we honestly feel like you have too much potential to be here in our. <laughs> in yeah. Our- wow. Um, and I, and, I, and that was with no degree or anything. And so I, I think I overdid it. You know, I over mm-hmm. I overproduced, I over uh, whatever the case is. And to the point where they were like, you know what, you you're probably this is not the best place for you because they were looking for cogs in the wheel. You know, they wanted people to just be able to follow directions, do it by the book. And I'm a very creative guy. I think mm-hmm. create my own box, create my own space. I and like that. Yeah. You know, that's not what they were looking for. They were looking for somebody to just punch, you know, punch the buttons and 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 give us the finished product. And so yep. that, that that was a challenge for me because I, I did. I was not a good student. Honestly, I was not a good student in college. It was it was a challenge. I loved learning. I loved education. I hated the method in which I was learning. I hated sitting in a classroom for mm-hmm. an hour, hour and a half. I hated listening to lectures. I could read books all day and pass tests and never do homework. But, you know, when you have homework that is part of uh, the curriculum and it's 30 to 40 percent of the grade, you yeah. already even well, if and, <laughs> and, well, and too, because and you're taking classes, you're probably that don't excite you. You, you know, like I, that's what I always didn't like is where when you choose or you elect to go to college and you spend that type of money. Now, granted, I know a lot of people don't know exactly what they want to do going into college. But for those that do, don't don't make them take general education classes, classes they don't care about and and they're paying for. I mean, I I think you probably agree with me that the college system is definitely broken. Uh, Yeah. So uh, something needs to change with that. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. When you are sitting there, you know, in a classroom, that's not how you learn. I mean, I 100 percent get that, you know, especially on a subject that you're not going to use in the future. No. And, and I'm, I'm very much an immersive type person. You put me in the environment and I'm going to get it. Mm-hmm. It's going to take one or two times and I'll have it. And so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, but that's a, a challenge when everything around you is designed for people to just fall in line and follow the steps. And so that's why I'm a big proponent in creating your own space because I, I know, like, having come through these scenarios and these situations, there are some people out there who learn better through immersive experiences. So that's where, like, Six Plus comes in and all of, you know, I started off doing music. Um, my family is a musical family. Uh, I actually have been on multiple TV shows. Um, you know, we've been on concerts. We've traveled around the country singing and playing music and things like that. Um, and it started off there and I went from there to photography and videography because we needed CDs and videos done. Right. Mm-hmm. right. From there, I went into consulting, building websites, and then it kind of escalated into the social media marketing and now being a trainer and coach and things like that. Really just the, like focusing on the end result. I like, I like being like, um, I call myself like the puzzle make, I, I like sitting there and, putting the pieces together and watching yeah. them together. That's me. I like that. Yeah, I like I, that. I like and that it part. seems like, and you're definitely somebody that probably has that really, I mean, you have big dreams. 
that you turn into big goals and you want to keep on building and building and helping out and, and that reach never ends. And actually, I don't know if you'll connect with this, but when you when we first started talking, when we opened up the podcast, when you were talking about uh, you know, working without the expectation of money and the money will come second, worry about that. I mean, I've always kind of felt that way too and about the things that I do. Every job that I have has been in sales and I'll say, you know what, I just want to treat my customer the best way that they could be treated. And, you know, if my company is trying to push me to sell something higher, that's not right for them. I'm probably not going to do that because that does, you know, but what clicked in my head and what kind of, what I want to ask you about, um, I, I hope you know who Clarence Avant is, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's just what clicked in my head when I, I, you know, when when you talked about the money will come second, I think, I feel like, and for those of you who, who don't know who Clarence Avant is, there's a great, Great documentary on Netflix right now called The Black Godfather. Um, phenomenal man. Uh, unbelievable what he did with his career. And um, it's just, it's funny because he made shit happen. He made shit work, but never really, you know, it was never like, here's a contract for me to do this. You know, he provide when you talk about providing value up front, like yeah. how Gary Vee talks about, that's what he did, you know? And it's funny because his MO was always about, life is about numbers, dollars and cents. That's it. Right. You, you come into this world with a number, you leave with a number. Right. But, but you know what, that's not really what he, he showed though in, in no. his actions. It was all about that personal connection and relationships that meant so much more. It does. And that's actually like, that's something that actually clicked when I was using LinkedIn. Like I've, I've been on LinkedIn um, since 2012, but I was very inactive for multiple years. And just got active again back in, I would say, like December, uh, January. Because a lot of the things that I've actually gone through were very recent. Like um, losing my businesses was 2018. That was not like years ago. That was last year. Um, And so we're still climbing out of that scenario. We're still having to deal with the repercussions of those things. However, uh, because I am the way I am, I I was like, okay, well, we lost everything, but I got to keep, like, we got to do something. So, uh, you know, we kept going. Um, but the, like on LinkedIn, um, I decided to focus my profile and focus all of my content towards, uh, kind of sharing number one, sharing my story. And then number two, making people feel like they're a part of my world. Like, I don't have to sell somebody something when they feel like they already know me and they want what I'm off, what I'm talking about. hundred percent. Yep. You know, uh, I forgot who, I think it was Robert Cialdini who says, uh, marketing makes sales superfluous. You know, like mm. I don't have to sell or push a sale when I, when I first find out what a person needs and wants, and then I make that available for them. I have nothing to sell at all ever. Mm. And that's my real philosophy at, in this life. Uh, honestly, uh, I got two clients from LinkedIn yesterday I, and I wasn't selling them anything. We were just on conference, you know, just a call. We got on zoom and we talked and they asked questions. I asked them questions and they were like, well, can you help me? <laughs> that, I'm not that's, say no. <laughs> man, that, that's a beautiful ring in your ears when you hear that. Yes. Because <laughs> listen, absolutely. Oh, you have this problem. Well, not, I have a solution for that. That's it. Mm-hmm. And if you want it, we can work together. If it's a good fit. Great. If not, God bless you. Let me know what else I can do for you and I'll do everything I can to help you. And I honestly take that approach. And 
And once I shifted my mindset specifically on LinkedIn, even uh, to having that kind of upfront persona of like, this is who I am and this is what you get. If you don't want me and don't like this, then that's not a problem. You can keep it moving. The next guy is right down the road, you know, mm-hmm. as a click, another click away. But if you do, and, and something that I say or something in my story resonates and they feel pulled in, then that, that's all I need. I just need people to say, you know what? I want to connect with this person because that's the value is the connection. It's being able to say that they said something that resonated with me. I, I, I re, you know, I relate to that. Yes. Once they're in my world, it's a done deal. 100%. I, I love that. And I'm not sure if if you follow this individual, but I, I was going to liken, uh, and not that this is in a, like a scheming type way, because I can tell for yourself, Wayne, that obviously the persona that you're putting out there um, on LinkedIn and other things like that about helping people and, and you're speaking your truth. I mean, it is your truth. So That's it's it. not, this is not just some marketing scheme of creating a, and the individual I was going to speak on is Russell Brunson, right? Right. Uh, of click funnels, right? He he says, create your attractive character. Yeah, no, you don't or have to. your avatar, right? Some people say avatar, where it's yeah. like everybody has their own personal brand. That's where a lot of marketing is going today. Is not just, I mean, branding so important and it's going to remain very important, but Absolutely. also in more than just a company, it's the individual. So if you could be a president, owner, CEO, founder, and have a an attractive character, have a persona, and Absolutely. yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and what you don't have to do is make that thing up, because I know that there are some people who ha- they, they craft stories that they have not experienced for the purpose of trying to have a sob story that draws people in. True. Yep. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do not do that. You're absolutely right, because guess what? People will know who's authentic. and yes. not. They, w- they can tell. Oh, my goodness, they can tell. So be authentic. And I tell people just own, own your mistakes, own the bad choices and decisions. Don't live there though. Don't stay there. So people are like, well, you know, how did this, how did you transition? I actually had a conversation and that was one of the things is uh, somebody asked me about their profile and how to update it. And I was explaining to them, like, you know, he said, yeah, something happened with my wife and I don't, I don't want a pity party. I said, bro, I'm not telling you to live there. I'm saying use the fact that you had to take care of your wife for a year and a half because she had these live, you know, these life challenges, mm-hmm. use that and spin it. What did you learn from that? Why are you more valuable to people? Your, your, you know, your job prospects because of that spin it. Don't say, you know, I had to stay, you know, and take care of her and what was me? No. Yeah. Because of that. Use I, now, it. I now know the value of patience and perseverance i now have a better outlook on these things like use that spin it allow Mm -hmm. that allow your story to make you valuable because that is where our value is it is in our story a hundred percent and and i love that because it's taking your your failures and using it as fuel you know it's not like leveraging a negative situation for monetary gain in like that evil sense but it's embracing your failures and spinning them as positives. And it's just like um, Jimmy Iovine says, and I love this quote from him. It is like, you know, it's a powerful thing if you can take fear and instead of having it stand in front of you, power you from behind and fuel you. I, I didn't say it exactly how he says it, but 
Mm-hmm. If you can do that, it is such a powerful thing. And we're talking about, you know, being your, uh, an attractive character or, or defining your avatar in the marketplace. You can be authentic by just like the example you shared, Wayne, uh, with that individual about just embracing those failures, spinning them as positives and making that's who made you who you are today. Absolutely. Don't, sh- you know, don't shy away from it. Some, I mean, I know people who have gone to prison uh, and they're ashamed of that part in their life. I know some people who, you know, have been very sick and, and they don't like to talk about those things. But honestly, if you have grown as a person, as an individual, especially when you're younger, people do dumb stuff. Like we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we all dumb, have, yeah. <laughs> we do dumb things, very dumb. And so if you've learned from that thing, share that. Cause what if you could stop someone else from doing that dumb thing? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What if there's someone else who's done something dumb, just like you and doesn't know how to turn their life around. If you were able to, you, you know, turn yourself around and, and get on a new path and forge a new way, then share that because someone else might need to hear it. Exactly. And, might and you know what? And, and what's great is, and this is kind of another Gary Veeism, is he says the same thing a lot, right? He kind of almost, you can say it's beating a dead horse sometimes about some of the things that I think a lot of these motivational guys talk about. And I don't want to just put him in a box of being a motivational guy. He's a lot more than that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, but it's just, it's so powerful when you can have, multiple beyond whether you're a tony robbins or a gary v you're a ty lopez you're a uh, neil patel whoever you are out there as being kind of a quote-unquote influencer it's they could all be saying the same thing but in their own different voice and that connects right. with right. certain people and i think even for me like gary v was one of those guys that that i kind of connected with and he said something in a certain way that just connected with me and i was like man you're right even though i've heard that and i've known that my whole life it wasn't until the, like it coming out of his voice yeah. and how he crafts it that it connected yeah. with me. Absolutely, very right. much so. And, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, Gary V was a mistake. Like he he did something not knowing what the outcome would be. He just did something. Yes, you're right. And, and that's what like a lot of these people are mistakes. And that's where again their story, his story, how he got to this place. He tried something out. He was willing to go, you know, balls to the wall. Just all in, mm-hmm. make it happen, and then it did. He didn't know that he was going to have this type of outcome. Sure, he may have hoped and even planned for it, but he didn't know it was going to work out this way. The same thing goes for us. If you are willing to take a risk in yourself, if you're willing to allow yourself to be creative, I mean, that's my biggest thing. I tell people I'm a creative, uh, you know, a creative marketing coach, but that's because people, you know, can resonate with that. But, you know, I'm actually writing a book and it's called The Genius Principle. And the idea is that every person is born a genius. I actually got it from an Albert Einstein quote. And it it expresses like, you know, everybody's born a genius, but we spend our lives trying to tell fish that they can't climb trees. Wow. I I like that. That's very, that's, that's, I, wow. I like that. And so the, the problem that our society has is that we try to pigeonhole everyone into the same thing. So only certain people are categorized as geniuses because they they match this small set of criteria. Yeah, the standard but, definition, right? Exactly. It's like the standardized thing. But that's a very minimalistic way to view humanity. 
if we understand that every person in them inherently has this genius factor and we learn how to cultivate that, we would have so much more innovation, so much more imagination and creativity will be running wild. Like, I mean, um, I actually started working with a psychologist. He was a client of mine. I was helping her kind of package her stuff and she wanted to teach courses and do events and things like that. And she actually asked me to co-write the book because of the topic that I had come up with. And this topic, I only got the topic after I lost everything in my business. I was at home. We were actually trying to save our house. I was trying to find ways to come up, you know, come up with ways to make more money. And I was trying to come up with a new marketing gimmicks, you know, saying like, okay, there's a, the, the genius principle. This is how you market yourself with this genius thing, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I started researching and studying it. It got so much more deep than just marketing. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is something that, like imagine if every child, I had to think about how I was treating my own children and the way I was treated, not necessarily like my parents did anything negatively, but they didn't know. They knew go to school, get an education, get your degree, and you can get a good job. They didn't know. Figure out what you want to do, master it, and people will pay you for it. I love that. I, I love that. And Wayne, I, I really appreciate you sharing these things. I know I know I can talk all day about this, and I, I feel like you can too, because we, we connect on that type of level, man. I love it. I would love to. I'd love to do it again. We're, we're actually approaching, I think, the 35-minute mark, actually even, I think, higher than that because this I know we got disconnected there for, for a minute there. But um, uh, let's just say, you know what? I would love to do this again if you're open to it. Um, always looking for, for new and interesting perspectives, and I think you bring a, bring a great one. And, and like I said, I know there's a lot more we can talk about, but uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, what, what I'll do is um, I'll let you if, – if you have anything to – to shout out anything to say, um, give advice to anybody out there, or just tell us what you're doing. Obviously, I know you got that you're working on the book. Uh, I love the concept. I think that's that's going to be a great thing coming out. But um, I'm going to leave the floor to you. Absolutely. Uh, honestly, I tell you, trust yourself. Take a risk in yourself. Don't worry about the consequences. Just do it. The con- The consequences will be there, and those consequences will be there to help you get to where you're going. All I tell people is this. If you want to learn how to open those creative, you know, juices, allow that, that, that innovative thing to flow in you, allow, uh, you know, the ideas to come alive, then just reach out to me. You can reach out to me at jediclicks.com. That's J-E-D-I-C-L-I-C-S.com. Or you can just reach me at waynejr.me. And that's where you can book an appointment with me. Uh, you can get a free gift from there. I'll, I'll give you a free gift or something. And um, just, Let's connect. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation. If I can help you, great. If not, I'm still going to try to. <laughs> I love it, man. Well, hey, Wayne, it, it was a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good one. You too. All right. So that was a wrap on episode 10. Thank you all for joining us. Hopefully you got some great information uh, from Wayne. Great guy, great conversation. I'm sure actually I'll probably have him on in the future because as I said, I think him and I, we can talk forever about a lot of different topics. Uh, So just like he said, if you want to check him out, he's always open for for a, a conversation. 
Wayne Daniels Jr. online. You can find him easily on LinkedIn and then get all of uh, his links to uh, the other areas that you can find him into as well. Uh, So uh, again, thank you for listening. Uh, I won't take up any more of your time because I want you guys to get out there and enjoy the 4th of July, our Independence Day. Go be patriotic. Go celebrate uh, our independence uh, and join us next week. Obviously, you know where to find us. Exit Interview Podcast on Facebook, The Shark 216 on Instagram, and uh, Orange Shark Media on Instagram too as well. Give us a like, a follow, subscribe, all that good stuff. Until next week, see you later.